Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing those stories of servant leaders, those men and women that are making a difference in the marketplace and are making a difference out there in the community. We have a repeat servant lender who is a uh, friend of the network and just you know a great leader in our region, the commanding officer of Naval Base Point Loma, Captain Brian Dixon. Welcome back, sir. Thanks, James. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for fitting us in. I know you got a full schedule and a lot of demands on your time. So it means a lot to me personally to have you be back with us. So thank you. Thank you. So I, you guys got a lot of stuff going on in the base, I'm, and I'm excited to jump into that. But th there are some folks that maybe have not heard previous episodes with you on. So let's just back up a second and just share your journey. You know, wh where where did you grow up and what had you choose the Navy versus other branches? And what's your, your career been like? Sure, James. Uh, so I uh, started uh, the Navy's journey from Castro, Wyoming. Uh, I was a, a high school student there. Uh, had a strong interest to join the military. My guidance counselor told me about service academies. I toured the Air Force Academy. Um, my vision was really bad back then. Since then, it's been correct with surgery. Found out the Air Force didn't have a place for me at that time, uh, but the Navy did. I got accepted to the Naval Academy uh, with hopes of flying. And uh, one thing's led to another. Flying didn't work out for me in the Navy, but the Navy had a lot of great career options. And so I chose submarines. So I've done about a quarter century serving on submarines. I've served on four different submarines, including commanding officer of the USS Jefferson City, which is an attack submarine. I deployed to the Arabian Gulf in 2011-2012, uh, and I've had a, a fantastic uh, career in the Navy. And uh, towards the end of my career in the submarine force, I had an opportunity to transition to part of our Navy that manages our bases. And so that's how I became the uh, base CEO at Point Loma. And Point Loma is an interesting uh, base. So I think when people think of military installations, they think of soldiers, Marines, sailors, and uh, primarily the users of a base. But Point Loma is unique in that the majority of the people that work on Point Loma, and we have about 15,000 people that work on our three major campuses, uh, the majority of them, about 60% of them, are actually civilian. And uh, those civilians are primarily working on projects related to research and development of advanced computers, communication and sensing systems. And they also work on procuring advanced technologies to fit out on our surface ships, aircraft, and submarines to make sure we're ready to fight the next generation battle. Uh, the rest of the folks, the active duty folks, uh, serve on uh, four attack submarines that are home ported here in San Diego. Uh, that number varies, uh, but right now we have four attack submarines home ported here, one of which is coming uh, back from their deployment today, USS Annapolis, so we'd like to welcome them back. Uh, and then we also have explosive ordnance demolition teams uh, that are um, home-based here in San Diego on Point Loma, and as well as training units. You have a big job. I do. And it's, it's <laughs> a lot of fun too. and there's a lot of learning. Uh, I came into the job and I really had a perspective from one part of the Navy and uh, being a base CEO has really opened up my eyes on how uh, diverse what we do in the Navy is and how many challenges there are, but really how many smart, capable, motivated people are out there working hard every day to make sure that we meet those challenges. And I'm glad it's you. <laughs> so, you know, 15,000 people working on base. Yes, sir. And... I mean, gosh, I mean, that's like, that's like a, a town. It is. And uh, it's, it, it's interesting being a small town right next to a, a big town, uh, right. San Diego. 
And uh, one of the challenges we face is getting those people to come, uh, on base uh, to work. And so one of my campuses is on the peninsula mm -hmm. and people have to drive through residential neighborhoods to get there. And uh, it's one of those things we take really seriously is to minimize the impact on those citizens and come up with options uh, for our workforce to uh, perhaps uh, choose to take a different way to work than their cars. And so uh, working on situations where we can uh, have people take, say, a rideshare bike, like a jump bike to uh, work, uh, to carpool, to take a bus. These are areas that we're actively working to communicate to our workforce to consider those options. We can't force them to do it. We have no means to make people take a particular means to work. Um, but we think that we're on an exciting point in really our country's history as we transition from a, a labor force that always use cars to get to work. Uh, we think there's better and better options coming out uh, in the next few years. And, and some of those are happening right now uh, that enable people to get to work easier. And we're pretty excited about it. You know, it's it's interesting when you, you think about for those people that, you know, are listening to this and you live in San Diego, you're familiar with Point Loma, you understand it's a peninsula and there's really like one, maybe two ways kind of in and out. And those folks that aren't familiar with the region, that, that's essentially what it is. It's, it's a peninsula with a lot of people coming on and off. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a blessing to be in the era of rideshare, whether that be car, bike, you know, it, they're now taking different shapes and forms. Um, how... Who are you guys interfacing with in the public and private sector to tackle this conversation? So in the uh, uh, public sector, we're working with MTS, and uh, yep. there is a bus service available on Point Loma. It's the bus route 84. Um, but unfortunately, that doesn't create the best option for our workforce to get to work in the morning. Uh, it goes all the way down to the Old Town Transit S uh, Center where the trolley connects into um, the, uh, the overall transportation network here in San Diego. Uh, we're really having a conversation with them uh, to come up with an economical solution where we could get enough ridership to support express buses so that mm. the workforce could uh, spend less time on the bus so it's similar to what they would spend in their cars um, and go directly from the transit center to their workplace and then the evenings uh, go the opposite direction. Um, with a sizable part of our workforce very close to our gates, and that's primarily the civilians that work in research and development, we think that that creates some meaningful options for them, and we're continuing that conversation. Uh, we also uh, partner with Sandag to work on other mm -hmm. transit options. Um, probably people have heard in the press that the uh, mayor's office and Sandag are very interested in our old town campus, which we are currently in discussions on a public-private venture to redevelop it. Wow. And one of the options we're considering about is uh, referred to um, as the Grand Central concept of, of building a center place where a variety of multimodal ways to get to work will congregate there. Um, rail, buses, ride-sharing programs, and from that point to go to other parts of the city. And so we're excited about that conversation. That's just one of the options the Navy is considering um, to, and how we're going to redevelop that area. But we think it could have a meaningful effect on transportation throughout the metro area. I personally, as a civilian, would love that. I, I look at that space and I think it's way underutilized and could be restructured and be far more effective. We absolutely agree. And um, so it's 70 acres on two parcels of land that straddle Pacific Highway. Um, the, the buildings that are there right now date back to approximately World War II, where they built B-24 bombers. 
Um, they could go up a little bit in height. Uh, we're very respectful of the citizens around there. We wouldn't be uh, doing anything that would be inconsistent with the regular land use there. Uh, but we do feel like going up a little bit higher uh, would be a valuable add to the community. And as we go up higher and consolidate those buildings, it creates a lot of developable land uh, that could create areas for uh, common gathering, additional housing areas, and additional uh, places that we can generate revenue for the city. Now, you know, one of the things that we're, we're talking about, and it's interesting being, you know, 2019 and now having Uber and Lyft and these ride shares and these, in these different things, what, I mean, you know, as the CEO, what would you like to see? You know, if you, if you had it your way, what, what, would, what would you see that would be effective and, and meaningful? Well, in the near term, what we're, we're doing right now is jump bikes. So okay. uh, we brought on jump bikes under our Peninsula campus. Maybe I'm, I'm a lay person. Maybe I'm oh, a complete I'm really dork. What, what's a jump bike? So a jump bike is actually a product by one company. I shouldn't, I shouldn't make it specific to a particular company, but they're, the, they're partnering us with right now. We're open to other companies doing this as well. Uh, where it's a bike that you unlock with a smartphone and an application on the smartphone, and then it's your bike for as long as you ride it, and you pay a fee for per the minute you drive ride the bike. And it has a power assist in it, so when you're pedaling, you're not working that hard, but you feel like you are, you're out there on the Tour de, de France, you're moving out pretty quick. But you got a little bit of a battery, something behind you. Behind you. And uh, so quickly you can move from point to point without a lot of physical exertion, and it creates a viable option for the one to two miles. So just yesterday, I had an evening function over at the Marine Corps Recruit Depot, and I wanted to get off my base, so I hopped on a jump bike, and my, my initial plan was I was just gonna drive to the uh, end of my base, and I was gonna take an Uber from there, but in three minutes I was at my gate, which was, would usually be about a 20 minute walk, and I decided to ride my bike the entire way down to the Marine Corps base, and uh, it was a great option. I got a little bit of a work out of it. It was a hot day, but it wasn't bad at all, so it was fantastic. And, and it's that getting the word out to our folks on how uh, much fun that is and how much better option it is than sitting in your car. Um, that's one of the things we're doing in the short term. The other piece is, is kind of a merger between buses and ride-sharing programs. Uh, where we, we see the technology going is, is that kind of a hybrid bus rideshare option mm. where it'd be kind of a dedicated route, but you'd sign up for it. And then that particular bus would pick up a, a group of people. And that way the cost per ride goes down. So it'd be cheaper than ride sharing is today, but it'd be more responsive and flexible than a bus service is today. And so those are initiatives we're supporting as well. Wow. Okay. And what would, what would the timeline for something like that be? So that, that type of timeline, we're, you know, we're just starting the initial discussion. That technology is just maturing right now. So uh, free rider anywhere around downtown, the FRED system is kind of a, is an idea that's similar to that. So there's some examples of that. So adoption for us is probably a year to two years off. We're already doing the uh, bike share system today. And then the MTS discussion, you know, it's the economics have to work out for MTS, but we, we envision we could do that today if we could just resource the cost for that. And we think that that would start having a meaningful meaningful effect about six months after we start um, doing a program like that. Got it. Yeah. I mean, the, the NTS seems kind of like a no brainer. Um, I imagine it takes, um, you know, more conversations from local officials 
Definitely. Really get behind that. And we, we appreciate the support of our uh, council member, council member Campbell. She's on board with this plan. And uh, we're, we, we've had conversations with her office as well. It's just the challenge is, is that with an express route that you're only running in the mornings and the afternoon, we're sympathetic to MTS's position is, is that it's hard to resource the labor for that. And so a way to, to do that in a, in a way that works for their, their economics is something we're, we're sensitive to. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what else What else are you guys considering and kind of working through on the transportation side of things? Well, one of the things I'm really excited about is, is that part of the Grand Central discussion, of course, is the airport. And that's going to be San Diego's airport. You talk to any civic official, that is San Diego's airport, and that's what we're going to deal with. And uh, there's capacity still available in the airport. They're doing some exciting build-outs of the terminals, which will give people better experience as they go to and from their airplanes. Um, but one of the things that everyone wants to do is unload Harbor Drive. So Grand Central will be the ideal location for people to get to, primarily via a trolley or a bus system, and then get from there to the airport. So they're talking about a people mover. From a base seals perspective, I operate Harbor Drive, which is right across from Liberty Station, uh, just across from a, that Navy gray training ship is on the land side. And I have about uh, 4,000 people that work on that particular campus. We're excited about discussing with Sandag having that people mover that is primarily purposed for moving people from the Old Town uh, area to the airport, going around the western side of the airport, and then creating some options where fare paying customers could use that as well to transit through Liberty Station. And then that would also support the citizens of Point Loma to give them an option where they wouldn't have to drive Not a car option, yeah. to get up to Old Town Campus. When you say people mover, are you, are you referring to a bus? Or what are we we don't know about? what it looks like. <laughs> okay. we do, one thing is we don't want it on the road. Uh, right. Maybe an elevated light rail system, maybe a monorail like you'd see at Disneyland. Um, we want the technology and the economics to kind of dictate what that should be. But what we're looking for is zero carbon, quiet, um, blends into the scenery of the area. And I think there's some really good options on the west side that would support that and would, would benefit everybody. And, and understandably, the, the route from the Old Town area to the airport would be, need to be free for airport customers. Mm -hmm. But other people could pay a nominal uh, uh, fare, and that would support the economics of putting a system like that in. And that's why we're excited about it. And it would directly benefit base users who would then be more likely to take public transportation than take their car yeah. uh, if they had a dedicated route uh, from the Old Town Transit Center to, to work that way. And where are conversations at with that? So that's just the initial part. So yeah. uh, we have initial conversation with Sandag. Sandag's looking at a variety of options for the people mover. And uh, so we're definitely encouraging it to be on the west side of the airport. I think we need to bring a Sandag representative on next time you come on. And we need to have a real conversation. I here. think that'd be exciting. Jennifer, can we make that happen? OK, good. Roger that. <laughs> OK. Um, anything else we want to cover on the transportation around base? Not, not transportation, but I want to talk about something that's kind of related to it. Is yeah. Part of the challenge for transportation at Point Loma is I operate two child care facilities. So military families that have uh, young children, zero through five, um, they need some place to have their kids um, be taken care of while they're at work. Yeah. So we've built some on our base, 
but a lot of people that use those facilities actually work somewhere else in the metro area. So it creates a transit load for those people to drop their kids off at our base. The Navy has 3,000 families waiting for child care in our facilities. Wow. Now, most of those people are being served by some other provider in the community, but maybe not at the standards they could expect inside one of our facilities or at a much higher cost than we can afford to give our service members. So one of the exciting things we're about is, is that we have housing areas throughout the metro area. And in those areas, we author, operate youth centers, which are primarily after-school care facilities. Mm. Well, the Navy's looking at our resources and has concluded that maybe it'd be better that we repurpose those youth centers to child development centers. So instead wow. of that mom or dad having to drive onto my base to go to our child development center, they instead leave their child in their housing area and then go directly to their work at Navy Base San Diego or Navy Base Coronado. And that would actually reduce the traffic um, then, and it'd be less stressful for the parents as well. And those after-school programs, we've looked in the metro area, and San Diego is such a great city. There's a lot of those type of programs already resourced in our public schools, and we feel like we'd rather invest in those kind of areas and then allow the physical buildings that we have to be better used by child development centers. I mean, it sounds like a no-brainer. It, it does, but, you know, there's... People studying this, there might be some other things we got to work through. Sure. And, and But the timeline we're talking about that is, is that we're considering those kind of moves within the, the year of making some changes, at least wow. some pilot programs to see okay. what is in the realm of the possible. And then the Navy's stance in San Diego has been, we're very interested. We don't really have the ability to build structures for child development centers, but if we can partner with city or community organizations that could provide a, a place that would be appropriate for a child development center, we could come alongside, hire people under our Navy programs that would operate those. Yeah. They'd be primarily focused for our Navy population, but if we did have excess capacity to a particular area, yeah. other people in the community could use it. And I mean, I'm sure that there's facilities that are underutilized, have capacity, or maybe they're just, you know, they could be repurposed in a better way, sure. a more effective way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, great. All right. We got a party coming up later this month. We do. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. So we're going to be celebrating the 477th anniversary of Juan Cabrillo discovering San Diego for the Western world. So Juan Cabrillo uh, was um, uh, sailing under the flag of Spain from the Portu Portugal Spanish area. Uh, so his background is kind of a little bit of a mystery, but that still doesn't take away from the fact that he was the first Westerner to, to discover San Diego Bay. And uh, he, he claimed it for the Spaniards um, uh, about 477 years ago. So we're doing our 56th annual Cabrillo Festival, and that's happening on the 28th at um, 11 a.m. is when the, the party starts. And this is our base's only open base event. So anybody with a valid um, identification, whether it's a state identification or a federal identification, you're welcome on Navy Base Point Loma. At 1 p.m., there'll be a reenactment. So we're partnering with the uh, Maritime Museum, San Diego Maritime Museum, where the San Salvador, which is the replica of Juan Cabrillo's ship, is going to have an actor um, bring him onto our uh, beach area. It's a great time for families, kids. There's a whole festival. We partner with local groups. Uh, Spanish um, societies, the Portuguese community, and it's a great time to celebrate what binds us together, the community that is San Diego. Fantastic. For, I mean, so folks, literally, like, this is the, this is the one day you can get on base. And, you know, and, you know, Cabrillo, that, that is, you know, he discovered San Diego. So it's, it's an important part of our history for our region. 
And, you know, I can't think of a better thing to do with your family to go and learn about that history and get to explore Naval Base Point Loma in a fun way. Absolutely. And if I can make a plug for our neighbor, so to the south of us is Cabrillo National Monument. If you haven't made a trip up there to see the lighthouse in a while, I think you're missing out. It's a beautiful view of the overall San Diego area. On Friday the 27th at 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, they do a ceremony there at the monument to Juan Cabrillo as well. So uh, please come out to that event as well. It's a good excuse to get off work early. Tell your yep. boss, hey, I got to participate in the San Diego event. And the Park Service does a marvelous job of hosting that. And we participate in that event as well. Fantastic. Where can where can people go to get more information? Should they go online or where should they, they go? They can. So uh, Navy Base Point Loma has a Facebook page. So Navy Base Point Loma is on Facebook. So like us there. And you can follow the happenings on the base and we'll have more information and then links to our partner organizations that are supporting this event. Fantastic. Well, Captain Dixon, thank you for uh, coming back on the show. Thank you for your partnership and friendship with the Rise Up Network. Thank you for your leadership on the base. Um, I love that you are you know, leading the charge with the transportation and the initiatives that you have going on. Very, very important. And um, Excited to see you guys at the Cabrillo Festival on the 28th. Absolutely. Looking forward to hosting. Looking forward to hosting all of San Diego. And thanks again for you and all the citizens that are out there listening. This is a great town to be in the Navy. Absolutely, folks. Get out there, support your Navy, and rise up. Rise up.